Birmingham, Alabama real estate is white hot. I cannot go to a conference now without running into a slew of Alabama-based investors, and there are a million great reasons for the bullish market down there. I met with Jimmy Moore, partner at Camellia House, a few weeks back at a conference in Nashville. Want to hear about a $120,000 sewer issue? Take a listen to this week's episode. Thanks for joining. You're listening to the Real Estate of Things podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate of Things podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Elliott, joined today by Jimmy Moore. Jimmy is a partner at Camellia. And Jimmy, thank you so much for joining. Now, you and I met, what was it, a couple of weeks ago now in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for carving out some time to chat with me. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed connecting with you guys in Nashville. And man, y'all y'all were just very generous to hang out with us and look forward to this podcast, man. Yeah, it was a fun time. I, it was actually my first time in Nashville. I've been all over the country, been all over the world, admittedly. And somehow I haven't been to Nashville, which is five hours away from me. But that was a fun time. It's the beauty of Broadway, right? Like you're in one spot and you just have to go next door and you know it's going to be another good spot. So whenever you're ready to switch up the vibe, you just go from door to door to door. I know. Fun town. Sure. Yeah. And then you uh, you stay close by next time we're there in case you need to just drag me back to the Omni. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me tell me about Camellia Partners, your background as a builder and you know, build to rent is the focus. And I want to get into that, but just take me through kind of pre-build to rent Jimmy. Yeah. What were you doing? And then how did you get into the build to rent space? Yeah. So I, I took kind of a long journey back into real estate. So um, got my undergraduate degree, University of Alabama in finance. Thought I wanted to be a stock guy getting out of school. But I really kind of always been entrepreneurial just since a kid. I was one of those kids, you know, buying candy for 10 cents and selling it for 25 at school, you know. Yeah. But I just couldn't avoid starting a business. So really right out of school, I started my first company in 2002 and spent right at uh, 15 years in that industry and sold in 2017. I was really looking for something to do next. You know, what do I want to do when I grow up? I actually started buying rental properties in college. So real estate was kind of my first passion. And so Camellia House is, we're a developer and a, um, a home builder in the build to rent space. And primarily right now, just in central Alabama with um, kind of a growth objective of uh, regionally in the Southeast. In 2018, my now business partner, which is a buddy of mine for 25 years. Uh, he's actually the contractor between the two of us. He approached me with this idea and we launched it in 2019. And, and here we are still hitting the gas and having fun. That's beautiful, beautiful. So right now, you know, we're still, you know, we're really you know, tail end of COVID still out there, but we're really kind of moved past in a lot of ways. But the supply chain issues, uh, labor issues, those are ones that are more pronounced today than they have been over the last few years. And do you see an end in sight? Do you see a normalization or is this, what's your take? So we've just adjusted and we're calling it the new normal. Obviously there'll be an end at some point in time, but we're just, we're really, our mindset is, is that we're going to adjust to what's thrown at us and we're just going to build our processes around it. So it's no longer, Hey, when, when, when can we get windows and 
two weeks instead of 16 weeks. We've just built our entire process out around 16 weeks. And if it goes to 20 weeks, we'll, we'll pivot to that. If it goes down to six weeks, we'll pivot to that. You know, so we, our mindset is, is, is we're not going to let anything get in our way and we're just going to adjust our mentality around what's happening. And obviously at some point in time, it will adjust. We haven't really been experiencing, and I don't know if it's just, you know, kind of a regional thing, but we haven't been experiencing the labor shortage. What we have found is that if you, so we, we not to get into it, but the way we, we pay all of our subcontractors weekly, I mean, we've done that day one. So if you perform services for us last week, it actually gets approved today, Tuesday by five o'clock. Mm-hmm. We pay you, it'll be in your checking account this Friday morning. And what we've really seen is that the, 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 the workforce that wants to work, and if you can you know, have a payment process like that, we've got guys kind of lined up. So we haven't really experienced the labor shortage. But yes, definitely supply chain. Yeah, on the labor side, that's interesting. So the norm, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a bi-weekly, right? Every two weeks. That's right. Yeah. Is the the industry norm for it. And yeah. you it it I don't want to gloss over that point because it seems like you made a pretty not impactful to your business change. Yeah. That has you've been able to reap benefits of attracting labor and cruising past the labor issue that so many other folks have had. Yeah. So that that was just from the very first week that we paid anyone, you know, almost three years ago, we just committed to paying weekly. And um, you know, it's not easy, but we we've been able to make it happen. And I think that we've been able to get good labor because of it for sure. And, you know, so we're we're still navigating, you know, windows. We're still navigating, build, building material price increases. I mean, almost every other week, but um, we're just adjusting and pushing through it. Yeah. So whenever you look at kind of developing a new build to rent community, what goes into that? What goes into having the confidence that, hey, you're going to have, you know, Right now, you're going to have some elongated construction time. Mm-hmm. And then the rate environment is up and to the right. So you have, you know, you're not just playing on if you're a rental investor, you have the rate side of it. You don't really worry about materials, supplies. Flip side is if you're you know, a rehabber or a builder, you're generally focused on, you know, shorter duration notes. But you have picked the one spot in this industry that you just have all the trouble, all the worries, all of that. So, <laughs> How do you how do you operate with confidence? How do you project out? You know, here's here's where the next project is. Here's how we know we're going to be able to execute on it. That's a great question. I wish I had you know kind of a, a thought out answer, but I'll just tell you kind of I'm kind of a sales guy at the end of the day. You know, I'm a numbers guy. Let me say that I, I'm a numbers guy that understands kind of probability. And so from my standpoint, I know that we've got to have enough projects in our pipeline. And let's say that 60% of our projects stick, then I've got enough in my pipeline, you know, for the business to continue to grow and scale. So I really kind of look at it from that standpoint, like at any given point in time, I need to be looking at 10 projects to make sure that we have four that are going to get across the finish line. And then I look at my four projects and I, and then I'd stagger them out, you know, based off of production and what we have the ability to do the bandwidth to do. I mean, in particular, we've gotten lucky in central Alabama where we've actually found what I call abandoned developments, which are still some, some developments that have full infrastructure and roads and, and utilities from the 2008, 2009 crash that, people have just been sitting on and we've been able to kick up three or four of those that we've really been able to 
close on and pull building permits. So from a kind of a revenue standpoint, that's really allowed us to, you know, put some cash in our veins. And yeah. then while we're doing that, I'm going out and looking at full site development. So 20, 20 to 40 acre tracks that, you know, now we've, we've closed on two since January and we're currently in the, um, horizontal construction phase, probably late third quarter going vertical on both of those. So I guess, you know, to kind of summarize that answer is really trying to have some short-term projects that kind of feed the business while at the same time going out looking at long-term projects, knowing that you got to look at 10 to have three to four that are going to get across the finish line. And then you can dovetail into those and then I can start running. I always really want to be about 18 months out in front of myself. So when we go to bed at night, we know that, you know, we've got a year and a half's worth of production in front of us. Got it. That makes sense. On the kind of bifurcated pathway of, you know, finding raw land and saying this is going to be a a development versus something that's, uh, you know, infrastructure already in place, fully platted from, you know, 07, 08, just a hangover from that. Is there a preference? Is there are there any kind of like surprises that you run into whenever you go into something that's you know partially developed, or is it really yeah. like already? Is it too good to be true? And that hey, twenty percent of the work's done, and we're going to come in and cruise on through to the finish line. Yeah, so there's definitely surprises in every single one of them. Really? Two, two, just very in particular, very particular that we bought. One, we closed on, and and we uh, learned that it, um, the sewer stopped at the top of the hill. So there was actually. <laughs> The, the sewer ran to the bottom of the hill and there was a pump station, but um, the pump station sat for 12 years and was no longer any good. So we, you know, another about $120,000 cost that, you know, we hadn't planned a day one. But the good news is, you know, we were able to absorb that in our, our lot. So we were okay. Yeah. Another one I was going to purchase and, and it the plat was actually never signed off on. Um, so we had to go back through the plat process, but that's okay too. Every one of these kind of surprises has I told my business partner, it's been interesting because as we're growing as developers and full site developers, I've really learned from these surprises and these partially developed projects. So it's actually been a great learning experience, but you know, it's not a million dollar surprise. It's a $120,000 surprise, which I like those a lot better. Yeah. That's about, you know, roughly nine times better. It seems like <laughs> eight or nine times better. <laughs> We've got a little bit of a kind of a formula and we're, we're located in Birmingham, obviously central Alabama, three counties is where we're, we're building right now. But we, We've kind of drawn a circle. Um, my business partner's kind of mapped this out with his prior experience. Um, we've got a circle around Birmingham, which is really where we're targeting raw land and and or partially developed communities that we can go in and maybe buy some scattered lots or maybe some leftover lots that a retail builder wants to sell off. And these are communities where you know mom can kind of work in one submarket, and dad can work in another submarket. So when we go in and target this this circle around town. The, the, the circle is pretty wide and it's a pretty uh, broad in diameter, but we want to target good school systems to where also to where mom and dad can work in two submarkets if needed and there's job growth in those markets. So we do have a little bit of a method to our madness on where we're going out and attracting um, our land and not just kind of, you know, a free for all. We want to make sure there's, there's stable or job growth, good school systems and good accessibility to other submarkets. Got it. So Alabama, I feel like the last couple of years has blown up from a real estate perspective. I mean, so much of the country has, but I hear 
you know, I've been in this space for seven years and the frequency of me hearing Alabama, Birmingham from investors has just skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. So it seems that the the market is on fire right now. But talk to me about just the Birmingham market. Let's take that as kind of a quick case study on, yeah. you know, what are, what are the big draws? Uh, do you feel like it's properly valued, overvalued, undervalued? What, what are you seeing out in the future for it as well? Yeah, so so I'm a Birmingham native. I grew up in a submarket outside of Birmingham called Hoover, but obviously know Birmingham very well. And I'll say that I I had a group in town this last Saturday from California, just kind of giving them a tour. And um, you know, Birmingham, and I'm gonna say about eight to ten years ago, um, had a couple big wins in the tech space. Um, we had a few startups that sold for five five hundred fifty million to uh, about one point five billion. And that really kind of put Birmingham on uh, the map for, you know, a city that has the ability to attract a workforce and talent to, you know, start and grow and exit companies those size. Since then, I mean, there's been incubators have been built all across town. We can't really go two weeks without reading an article that, you know, a California startup company is relocating to Birmingham, moving 600 jobs, moving 900 jobs, moving 200 jobs. I don't really know the details, but I know the state's very aggressive and attracting these companies. And then, you know, the, the states that kind of have an exodus of residents and, and business owners, I think, are looking at a, a city like Birmingham as a place to go. So I, I think Birmingham's just having a great renaissance right now. Our downtown area is just vibrant, condos going up. But I wouldn't say that it's out of control. Still, it, It's still a city that's very, you know, um, I'm just going to use the word traffic friendly. We don't, we don't have crazy traffic. Uh, cost of living is very affordable. Obviously, I'm going to say it's the South, so we're all pretty friendly down here, you know. Yeah. You know, we, we've, we've got some Southern hospitality. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, it's, man, we're three and a half, four hours to the beach. We're two and a half hours to the mountains. We've got a great lake system in Alabama. So just kind of from a family standpoint, I think it's a great place to come. So I think you add all that together, the job growth, the affordability. We still geographically have a lot of land. We have a lot of land to be developed. So you take guys like myself and some other developers that just see this opportunity as um, a pretty significant runway where you've got all the right ingredients and manufacturing's growing, you know, just outside of Birmingham, I'm going to say no more than 25 minutes to the west and east. We have uh, two large manufacturing car plants. So we have Honda that builds the Ridgeline and the Odyssey. You got uh, the only Mercedes manufacturing plant in the country is about 20 minutes outside the city. Then you take all those tier one suppliers and it's just really kind of a perfect storm for you know, for attracting residents and the build to rent space from our perspective. That's crazy. As you're describing Birmingham, so much of it crosses over to where I am in Greenville, South Carolina, right? Like yeah. we're, th we're three hours to the beach. We're in the mountains. Uh, we have our big in like some of the bigger companies that moved here a while back, you have BMW and Michelin. It's like all mm -hmm. of the, X I think all the X3s and X5s are made in like 45 minutes from where I am. Yeah. It's like similar like growth trajectory there. So that's exciting. And then whenever you're whenever you're getting into build to rent project, is your strategy to hold? Do you sell it based on cash flow? Like what's what's your what's your strategy on these projects? You know, so we really have multiple strategies and and it really just depends on kind of selfishly, you know, what we need at the time for mm -hmm. lack of better 
know, I mean, you know, getting started, we built some communities and then also, you know, just scattered lot build to rent products where we just sold off a hundred percent of it, you know, where we've just gone to, you know, some, some buyers and said, Hey, you know, we can, we can produce these, you know, 34 units. We can deliver them in nine months. Do you want to buy them all? As our company is growing and we're evolving, yes, we're definitely going to hold a certain percentage of them. Not exactly sure, you know, what that's going to be. Our strategy when we go into a community is if we can do an entire build to rent product, 100% build to rent, if the municipality covenants, you know, uh, allow us to do that, we're going to 100% do a build to rent. That is who we are and who we want to be. Now, some municipalities, we can't do that. Um, some, some neighborhoods, we can't do that. So I would say as a whole, with Camellia House, we'll we'll produce and sell about 100 units this year, and I'll say about 70% of that will be build to rent. The other 30% will obviously be retail plays to homeowners, um, just depending on you know the particulars of that subdivision and or municipality. So we're we're about 70-30 split. We prefer to be 100, um, and then as our company evolves, we'll always build and sell product off, but then we will also retain a portion of that as well. Got it. Uh, yeah. The Always got to have more than one uh, one quiver there, so that makes complete sense. You know, we, we've had a couple, we've been really fortunate to have some good mentors in our life, and my business partner and I just over the years, you know, having separate mentors, and we have some now, and they just tell us, you know, go in with not only your plan A, but your plan B, your plan C. You know, something else that we talk about a lot in our company is we have an objective, we have a target, we have goals, we have our identity, but at the same time, we're, we're, uh, we have the ability to be fluid. You know, some mentors have told us, you know, if you, if you spill a glass of water, you, you, the water's gonna go where it's gonna go. And you gotta think of that in your business as well. You gotta be focused, you gotta know who you are, but at the same time, you gotta have the ability and the flexibility to go where that water goes, because if not, you can get in trouble. That's a really good way of looking at it, for sure. So Birmingham, Alabama market, absolutely on fire. Nothing to not love about it. Although I work with a bunch of Clemson grads, unfortunately. <laughs> so they they may have something else to say. That's all right. We, <laughs> it, like, we like Debo. <laughs> it was uh, it was insufferable around here after Clemson won the national championship. It was uh, it was a week straight of just high fives yeah. and everybody. And I, I went to Furman, so yeah. I you know we we haven't high fived about the football team in a long time. <laughs> Other now now I, I did I gave a little dig there and I, I it hurt. But uh, basketball, soccer, hey, we'll kill it. So every everybody has their strong suit. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. But what, uh, what are we missing about Camellia House, about Birmingham? Any other tips, tricks, insights you have top of mind? No, no. I, you know, as far as Birmingham, you know, we, we, we love it. Obviously, we're partial to it. You know, mm -hmm. we kind of feel like it's on fire. We've got a good runway. You know, our goal at Camellia House is Birmingham will always be our home base. But we're looking at two other two other markets right now, not submarkets, to enter into Huntsville, which is North Alabama. Uh, we've got some projects on our radar up there that we're trying to get under control. And then uh, South Alabama, uh, kind of Baldwin, Mo Mobile counties which are coastal counties. And then from there, just kind of maybe move regionally into some other states as it makes sense. So that's kind of who we are and, and our goals where we're planning on going over the next 18 months. Um, we still like to keep keep Birmingham as kind of a kept secret, you know. A lot of folks looking at it and investing here, which is great. We love meeting other investors and new friends. It's the way we look at it. So if we can ever do anything for anyone, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, and really from there, the only other 
kind of thought that I had. And, and, you know, we talk about this daily, you know, in our company, you know, we're, we're still an infant business, even though, you know, we've, we've, you know, got our legs under us and we've got a track record and we've been able to move some product uh, about 150 homes in the last year and a half. You know, I would just say, you know, we've really been focusing on building our processes. You know, we've, we've built our trend some software that we're using, just kind of a best-in-class software to automate everything from scheduling to our payment system. So just kind of focus on, you know, systems and processes, know your numbers, and kind of embrace the grind, you know. We, 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 have, we have really bad days around here. I mean, there are just re- sometimes really bad days, but I'm still having a blast on my worst day. And, you know, we just, we've got a mindset here that even on those bad days, we're going to embrace it because, um, growth happens in those moments, you know, when things happen that, that are outside your control and you feel like, um, you know, you, you kind of need to take in some oxygen, you know, I would just say, sit back, take a deep breath, assess it, figure out what you can control and then move forward. And those things just kind of become less and less over time. It's really just a mindset. Yeah. It's all how you react to and handle those things. Right. Cause like you can't kind of back to the water piece. Like there's only so much you can control. Yeah. If you try to control everything, uh, that's going to be a nightmare. So yeah, that, that's, yeah. I love that we're, we're wrapping up on that point. That's a, a sage advice, especially coming from the sales world myself. Yeah. Um, embrace the grind. That advice was to me, you know, I've got to, yeah. got to remind myself every day that just embrace the grind, you know? So, um, anyways, but on our worst day, we're having fun and growing and, uh, we've, we've got a great team. So we're really enjoying it. That's the most important part of it. So Jimmy, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, uh, where should they go? What's the website? How do they get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So camelliapartners.com uh, is our, uh, website and then just reaching out to me directly. Um, so it's Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y at camelliapartners.com. I love connecting with other like-minded individuals, especially in the real estate space. So, you know, if anyone's out there and just wants to ping me an email, I'd love to connect and um, meet new friends and just kind of brainstorm and anything we can do, let us know. Beautiful. Jimmy, it was a pleasure meeting you in Nashville. Can't thank you enough for joining the podcast, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care. Are you a real estate investor looking for the right lender that can finance all your deals and help you scale? Lima One Capital has the best suite of loan products in the industry bar none. Whether that's fix and flips, fix and holds, building new construction, or buying rental properties, they have incredible financing solutions for it all. A reliable common sense lender is one of the most important parts of your investment team. And that's exactly what you get with Lima One. Let Lima One Capital show you how they've helped thousands of real estate investors scale and increase their wealth. Check out LimaOne.com or call 800-259-0595 to speak with a consultant in preparation for your next project. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate of Things podcast. Subscribe and tune in weekly for new content from the industry's best while we continue to unpack the nuances of this dynamic market. Follow us across social media for additional insights and analysis on the topics covered in each episode. And remember to rate, review, and share the show.